0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our podcast Around Our Community with Community Insurance Partners. John Wagner here with Jason Jones, and we're happy today very excited to have Dr. Stuart Ball with Premier Medical right here in Mobile. Dr. Ball, thank you so much for coming and taking time to to
1: speak with us. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here, John and Jason. Uh, I've never done something like this before, like I mentioned before, but I've been really excited about it. We're excited about you being here and, and just taking
2: the taking the time to be a part of it, and and kind of just have an opportunity to talk to our our listeners that that listen into the podcast, and and just let us get to know you, and and let them be able to get to know you, and learn a little bit about you and who you are, and and um, just this things that are going on this month, that you would like to point out, yeah. John
0: absolutely and you know i've got i'm real i'm even extra excited about today's episode because dr ball's father dr Stuart ball uh has taken care of my grandparents and my mom for more years than i care to to recall he's a a fantastic surgeon and i can only imagine that that you're just as good as i as i age i'm sure maybe i'll become a patient (laughs) at some point too with you (laughs) so really exciting so tell us a little bit uh about your history uh you know, wh-
1: where did you grow up, and you know, where did you go to school, and what made you decide to get into medicine? That's that's a good good question. Yeah, we'll start there. I uh, I'm originally from New Orleans, but moved to Mobile at a very young age, oh, yeah. and all my formative years were in Mobile. So I did you know grade school and high school, so very much a native Mobilian. Um Then I stayed relatively close, going back to New Orleans for college. I went to Tulane University there. Great. Um, I recently went. Um, my, my daughter, I
2: have an 18-year-old daughter, and um, we went down to New Orleans uh, two or three weeks ago, and I wanted to show her, because she gets a lot of stuff in the mail now that she's 18, about to graduate, about Tulane. Yeah. And I want her to see. I said, you got to see This it. is a beautiful school. So we actually took the trolley out of the quarter all the way through, and then caught the second trolley down through the the district to go by Tulane and actually see it. And That's, she got to see it, and she was a just overwhelmed seeing the
1: school. Oh, it's it's that's a really cool route down St. Charles. Um, yeah, one thing I got out of going to New Orleans, just as an aside, you know, it was during Katrina when I was there, so I okay. left and then came back. and uh, It was a really interesting time to be in the city, and I, I think the whole experience, I'm just a big fan of New Orleans, really yeah. like the
0: place. You know what's interesting is you said you're Native Mobile and your formative years were right here, but you still say St. Charles in New Orleans, oh, well, like you were born and raised in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: Well, so Tulane and then what? So after I graduated Tulane, I did have a, a, a scientific focus, but there was a brief period where I thought I might want to actually kind of stay and do lab research rather than clinical care. And so after I graduated, I actually moved to Washington, D.C. to work in a lab there. And that lasted a couple of years before I realized that that just that was not the perfect right. fit. So I uh, returned to Alabama, uh, to Birmingham for medical school. Um Really enjoyed my time in Birmingham. Um, had a lot of difficulty deciding what to do for a career. Um, my father, like you mentioned before, was in ophthalmology. And I always knew that he really liked his job and that he liked his colleagues. But I honestly didn't have a good idea of what he did until I got to medical school and was exposed to it. And it wasn't really until late in medical school where I called him and said, you know, this seems really neat. Uh, um, and you know, that's, and you know, there's a lot of, Things that I think anyone whose father wasn't in it uh, might be drawn to. For one thing, ophthalmology's got a nice blend of both surgery, which you get to operate, and then you also have a really a strong clinical base. So you get both the clinical and the surgical experience, where some fields you might be doing a little more of one or or maybe only only in the clinic. Um, I went... To Lexington, Kentucky, uh, where the University of Kentucky is for both my residency and ophthalmology. And then I stayed there for a fellowship in retinal surgery. And I actually just returned to Mobile. It's almost been 20 years since I've lived here this summer. So I feel like uh, I'm just re-exploring the city. It's been a lot of fun.
0: It is a lot different now than it was 20 years ago. It's funny because I, I, I tell for people that I went to South Alabama a long time ago and it, it it was the University of South Alabama then, but it wasn't a university then. My that place is a university now. It's it, the, the change for the last 20, 25 years at that place has been unbelievable.
1: Every time I drive by, I feel like they've got a new giant building. it's yes. true. Really, yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. Jason, Jason's a graduate of. I'm a South. graduate
2: of South Alabama. I did my undergraduate at Troy um, University and finished there and moved to Mobile, and I um, was a social worker, actually in the hospitals, and that's what I did for several years. And um, then I finished my work for the South Alabama, and the time, and really enjoyed my time working for the University of South Alabama in the hospital system. And then transitioned and got my master's, public administration at South, and then um, moved over into one of the the healthcare field. Went to the actually one of the insurance companies, one of the health insurance companies, and and worked with that for several years in contracting and contract negotiations and and provider relations and things of that nature before opening this office here and starting this office? I think 12 years. I think I've had this office for 12 years now.
0: Close to it. yeah 2010? Yeah. yeah. Kind of mid-2010? Somewhere there. Yeah. I remember because it's when I moved down from Birmingham. I actually uh, went to South and ended up finishing up at UAB. So you gotcha. said you were in Birmingham Yes. Did you go to UAB or Birmingham Southern?
1: I went to UAB. Or UAB. So UAB for medical school and then stayed one year for an intern year. In so there. we're both, both Blazers, right? What's up? So we're both Blazers. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Hey, speaking of the Blazers now, my best friend growing up, and I, I know you've heard me tell this story many times, my best friend growing up, um, actually on the inaugural Blazers team, when they first rolled out their football team, he played on that, that initial team and I played middle linebacker there and then trans- transferred the next year to Auburn, and then played from Auburn. Well, he backed up the people that Auburn. I don't think he played full time. He did
1: play on the kickoff team. So. Is, is UAB still fielding a a football team? Yeah. they are. They right. Had, that's right. They are. They had some a couple of bumpy years. Yeah, they where They, were, they right. had two years where they got shut
0: down by the system, and yeah, right. but there was such a public outcry that they they brought them back, and they've actually done really well since their return. Probably some of the best football they've ever played. Uh, since they returned, they've got a good coach there, and um, they had, got a couple of advantages because they're restarting the program. They got to add some more bodies that other schools didn't. But you know, there's there's not a lot of SEC guys on that team, but they play really, really well, and they've done fantastic over the last by three to four years. That's yeah. great. Doing great. Got some new facilities. So.
2: so retinal surgery is one of your expertise.s Is that is that kind of is that the way you would
1: refer to that? It's- yes. Yeah. So i um, you know, it, it seems you know you already think that you go into all of medicine and then you focus on the eye That's some specialized enough and, mm-hmm. and to just kind of focus on one part of the eye. But that, that's really what I do. Almost everything I do in both clinic and surgery okay. involves either uh, retinal damage or, or retinal diseases. Okay. And so, um, you know, often I'm working with other eye doctors, either optometrists or ophthalmologists, who have seen a problem in the retina itself where they're caring for the, the rest of the eye, and they, they mm-hmm. kind of might send the patient my way. So...
0: You had mentioned when we were talking, kind of texting back and forth earlier, that February is age-related macular degeneration month. That, yeah, I get that that's right? right. It's a mouthful?
1: It is a mouthful. Yeah, we, we kind of oh, short it yeah. to AMD sometimes, so we don't have to say the whole mouthful. It's oh. a little easier. Um, but yeah, so February is age-related macular degeneration awareness month. And that is, um, you. if you don't know that you know someone that has this, you you, you probably do. It's actually the the leading cause of blindness in the industrial world and it's the third leading cause of blindness worldwide and in the United States there's currently 11 million people with at least some degree of macular degeneration it's it's mostly the elderly in fact uh, 50% of people that are 80 years or older have some amount of macular degeneration and that number is expected to double by 2050 as the the population continues to age Um, so you know, it's, it's something that initially for many years can be silent and not show early signs. So a big part of a, the awareness is getting uh, the message out there that it is important to get screening eye exams so we can catch evidence of this disease earlier. Um, we always recommend to people to get at least a baseline exam around the age of 40. If they have a normal baseline exam either for you know signs of macular degeneration or any other eye diseases, then you can probably go every two to four years after that. Um, But after 65, it's really a good idea to get an exam about every year. And and just to back up a little more, I kind of skipped into it. So macular degeneration, we're talking about the retina. So there's a part of the retina, uh, and we think of the retina as almost the film in the camera of the eye. It lines the back wall of the eye. It's actually nerve tissue. But the center of the retina is called the macula, and that's where we get our straight ahead vision from. So if we're looking at faces or driving or reading, that's all happening in the macula. And... When we get age-related changes within the macula, that, that, that's what occurs with macular degeneration. So eventually that can affect our ability to, to live independently, to see objects, to read. Um, so that's, that's kind of the basics. Is it strictly based on age and aging,
0: or is there a component that drives maybe an acceleration of this disease? that is around diet or environment or any kind of factors like that
1: yeah no that's that's a really good question so it's it's much much more common as we age and it's very uncommon to see it before 50 in case if we see something that looks like macular degeneration before 50 we really question whether that's what it is at all if it's maybe something a little more uncommon but um it is associated with a lot of different factors um there's some inherited component. Some people are more predisposed to it than others. Uh, smoking cigarettes is probably the biggest risk, controllable risk factor, and it can really increase the chances that you develop serious macular degeneration. Having a diet rich and leafy green vegetables can be very helpful. And then um, just really exercise and maintaining a good body weight is always, is always a good A good thing to do.
0: And one of the questions we were going to ask is, is there any truth to the eating carrots? We
2: we were not going to ask that question. You're the (laughs) one who wanted to ask that question.
1: (laughs) Well, that's actually, I'm I'm going to tell this story because I think it's really interesting. I'm going to miss up the details. If someone's listening and knows something about history, they could probably call me out on this. But... So the idea idea that carrots are good for your eyes actually has its origins in the Second World War, and have you guys heard this before? Have you? So apparently um, during Blitzkrieg, when the Germans are bombing Great Britain, um, you know the British were doing a lot of things to try to limit damage, including doing blackouts of towns where they turn off the lights at night so they couldn't see, and and most of the attacks were happening at night. Well, during this period, the British made a um, a jump in early radar technology. And this early radar technology let them tip off the Royal Air Force to when these planes were coming across the English Channel and they were better able to kind of, you know, launch and intercept them. But they didn't want the German army to know they had this new radar technology. So amongst the British populace, they spread propaganda that they were given the Air Force pilots carrots with the hope that that made its way over to the Germans and the Germans would be like it must be the carrots it couldn't you know and they wouldn't start to think how are they how are they ready for it did you guys know that and that's why you wanted to let me ask the
0: question, yeah, it's a good question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I always thought that was a really good story I, I liked it so much I haven't even googled much about it because I, I don't want to learn that it's actually about <laughs> that, is always- <laughs> that is a really good cool story <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So you know, you mentioned that you know it's very important as as you hit you know, close to forty to start getting uh, at least have a, a retinal screening and I I guess your standard eye exam. Yeah, for for both macular
1: degeneration, just a kind of a baseline screening.
0: So I got a great story to tell about that. So I'm
2: I'm I'm rolling through forty. And of course, I'm 48 now, so I, I don't know exactly when this happened, 42, 43, 44, in that general area. And um, um, with my primary, I, I'm one of those weird people that went to my primary care doctor every year. I just from from you know being 20 all the way through, I would go every year, whether I was sick, whether I was not sick. I just you know, I wanted the checkup every year, and. And Dr. Reeves' deal was my primary care doctor, and he was gracious enough to always do the, the checkup. He's like, oh, everything's fine. Or, you know, you need to lose weight, you know, whatever the thing was. He'd, that, that became a, a standard thing. <laughs> you really need to lose weight. You really need to really... so, I, so finally, in the 40s, somewhere he said, you need to go get your eyes checked. And I was like, why don't you get my eyes checked? He's like, you just need to. You're in your 40s, and you need to go get your eyes checked. So I go over to Premier, which is um, you know, right around on Providence Campus, um, and I see Dr. Vo. Um, who is an optometrist there and she's back now. She, she had left for a while. So she's in there and she's going through and she's looking at everything with my eyes. And she says, um, well, you're going to start needing reading glasses pretty soon. I'm like, what are you talking about reading glasses? I don't need reading glasses. I've never used reading glasses. She said, yep, you're going to need them pretty soon. And, um, I'm telling you, like a week or two later, I start, I'm like, I can't read this. I can't read this. And I'm like, she cursed me. Yeah, she, she cursed me. Put yeah. this on me. I cannot believe she put this on me. So fast forward and we go through and um, um, <clears throat> my doctor retires, my primary care doctor retires, looking for a new doctor, who I'm going to be my primary care doctor. And I find a new primary care doctor that I want to start using. And his name is Anthony Wynn. And I'm out there talking to him and I start telling him this story about going and seeing a um, a physician at um, at Premier and this is what she told me. And he said, that was my wife. That was his wife. <laughs> and he was like, she did the same thing to me. <laughs> <She does. laughs> and then I had to start wearing, re- I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> she's cursing people with this. And I'm glad to know that that's normal thing that in your forties is when you need to start. I see, Your eyes your are probably
0: fine, but what they're doing over there is probably like yeah. the sub- subliminal messages, like right. the old, like the old uh, drive-through theaters back in the seventies, where they'd have like one frame that was like popcorn. Right. And yeah. she nailed it. I mean, I, it was amazing.
1: Yeah, my
2: team. I started wanting to read these little. And I was like, I was trying to read the. You'd want to start reading the ingredients on things, and you would start. You're like, what is this? How, how am I no longer able to read this as well as I could? That's yeah. when we kind of started making some changes. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah, I've, I'm starting to to uh, unfortunately find that to be the truth. I was very boastful about my 20, my 2015 vision that I had forever. I was like, I've got perfect vision, and it's not quite that any longer. Yeah. Wow, it, it happens. That it. It, yeah. it happens. Like you said, you know, some of the things that we can do is, is avoid risk factors like smoking. You know,
1: smoking is think- mm-hmm. the biggest one for this mm-hmm. particular. And you know, it comes up a lot in a lot of health problems. But this one is uh, it's. Best thing you can do is not smoke. It is not smoke. Healthy green,
0: uh, green leafy vegetables, uh, you know, diet and exercise, which, you know, for anybody, if you're uh, a senior and you're out there and you're listening, uh, or if you're the adult caregiver of a senior and you're trying to do things to help mom or dad or your aunt or your uncle or your neighbor, whoever it is that you're, that you're helping, you know, obviously the, the, we, we don't expect a lot of seniors to go bench press 400 pounds, right? But, you know, just getting up and walking to the mailbox Monday through Friday you know that just that little bit alone is is a lot better than sitting down and just on um, being on the couch going from the bed to the couch the couch to the bed every single day and
2: a lot of these health plans have um you know, have fitness benefits inside of them you know, use them access them they're they're there for you to be able to, to have that gives you free access into a gym extremely important um that you know they have vision benefits i mean it gives you the opportunity to be able to get that checkup and and don't delay those kind of things i mean it's important to that utilize all those benefits that you have.
0: Yeah, most of, most of the Medicare plans that are out there cover an annual eye exam um, for seniors, with a lot of them with no copay. There are some that have a copay, but most of them do it with no copay. The the plans want the seniors to go out there and get that. They want to catch the problems as, as early as possible because obviously the cost of treatment's a lot less if you catch things early. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you'd also mentioned um, the importance of the eye exam. So um, you said right around 40, but then you know in a couple of years after that, getting on some kind of a regular rotation and you said I think it was around 60-65
1: you should do it annually yeah 65 in annual <coughs> annual exams are, is a good idea and um you know, because a lot of what we're doing is looking for risk factors that could we could head off bigger problems down the road. And But just to reassure anyone who's listening who, who has someone that they're related to or them themselves have macular degeneration, you know, the majority of people with macular degeneration do have what we call dry macular degeneration, and they have either early or intermediate disease. And Often these people uh, will stay stable for years and years. And while dry macular degeneration can take vision, it can... It may happen over the period of decades, so it, it's not. It doesn't mean that you have. If you hear that you have macular degeneration, I I don't think it should be something that should keep you up at night. Mm-hmm. But you should just, if you're told that you need to get a yearly exam, I think that that, as long as the lifestyle modifications I mentioned is, as a good step. Once you
0: have it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be blind in a week. It's it's, it's a slow process. But but be informed, be educated, uh, and 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 listen to your doctor's advice, obviously, and 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 take that or to heed. Try to live a healthier lifestyle. And, you know, because obviously, you know, everyone wants to go see it. It's hard to walk around the house bumping your, bumping your shins up against the coffee table. Also, before we, before we
2: conclude and, and finish up, I know you're a retina specialist. Um, so we've had two agents that have had retina tears, um, which is, you know, I, I, I'd never heard of it. And then I, all of a sudden, we had two agents that had a retina tear in, in our office. So the, my understanding, the warning signs of that for people to look out for is like a veil or a curtain kinda of look come across your eye or sparkling um lights and
1: stuff. That's yeah, cool. that's that's the the big things we look for is is a whole bunch of new floaters all at once. And right. We may all start to get floaters in our 30s and 40s, but a whole bunch of them appearing at once, new ones. Uh, big, bright flashing lights at the edge of your vision, almost like a strobe light's going off. And then when you're a little later down that road, we might notice that curtain coming across our vision. Okay. It's yet another example of something that we encourage you to come in and get checked out because when we at the stage of just a retinal tear, we can often head it off before it becomes yeah. something like a full-blown retinal detachment. <laughs>
0: Was there anything, I know you and I talked about the macular degeneration and, and a couple other things, but was there anything that specifically you wanted the audience to hear before we shut down this, this, this
1: episode? No, I, th- I think we've covered a lot of it. Um, it's, it's really, like you said, awareness and uh, just knowing that uh, getting these screening exams are important because often um, this early stages of this can be silent.
0: So if someone that's out there in our audience has questions or would like to schedule an appointment with you, how would they get in touch with you at Premier?
1: They would just call the office and we'll get them out.
0: Okay. Premier Medical here in Mobile, Alabama. They also have an office over in Baldwin County. Uh, that practice
2: and they ask you know, us premier the great thing about premier you can see them on either side of town you don't like to go all the way um, um, downtown or to the to midtown area I mean they have offices that are out here in, on Providence campus and it's just, it's nice they're, they're really convenient for you to be able to get into the premier
0: locations great group of physicians I mentioned earlier my, my grandparents have been have been seeing physicians there for a very long time eye ear nose and throat that's right. Uh, keep waiting to see if y'all are ever going to expand and add some more <laughs> specialties <laughs> and uh, kind of take over town. But uh, Great physicians, uh, great practice. I'll take real good care of you. Uh, again, if you have any questions uh, about what we're talking about or some of the products we mentioned, uh, the, the plans and the benefits, give us a call uh, here at Community Insurance Partners, 251-635-0989. Dr. Ball, thank you so much. We appreciate you, having you. Thank you. Here. thank you so much here. for having me. Really That's appreciate good. it. Ford. Thank you. Jason, thank you.
2: Thank you, John. thank you, Thank you, everybody.